السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته. As, so, as you can hear, we have a special guest today, um, an android. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, our first ever call in. Uh, we have our first ever call in. Uh, Mufti Niaz Hanan is joining us via Skype. No, via phone. I'm sorry. We tr- well, we spent like the last like one hour trying to uh, figure out how to get this uh, phone plugged in into our microphone system here. We're still struggling, so now we had to call Mufti in via uh, traditional speakerphone. So we're doing it like sports talk radio. <laughs> we'll do it live. <laughs> so yeah. hashtag hashtag team iPhone. By the way, Alex, running your mouth. No way. Never going back to Android. <laughs> well, I mean, you're on an Android now. <laughs> oh, your on. voice is coming through an Android. It's all good. It's, 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 Sheikh, you're 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 fine with the iPhone. That's what all the ulama I know use. Um, <laughs> like every every Sheikh I know is, I is an Apple is an Apple person um, across the board. Well, th- th- well, that's only. Be- I don't know if that's. I don't yeah. know if that's going to be the first line of your marketing campaign. Yeah. All the ulama use it though. Exactly. <laughs> Just call it hashtag so, iMam. Right. <laughs> <laughs> iMam. iMam. <laughs> iMam. <laughs> Oh, it, the the reason is because the the from a tech perspective the the imams are like five years behind so they catch. You up mean they're iPhone. like old people <laughs> who, who are the iPhone who also love the iPhone. So no, seriously, man, I lost like all my memory cards. Like, uh, I don't use Bluetooth as a feature. I mean, uh, that's because you were using uh, Android. For we're not going to go into this. Cards. I guess I don't have much. To, I, I don't have. I don't really have a dog in this race. Or, uh, <laughs> But um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. No, yeah, Apple. Apple tends to appeal more to, um, for some reason, more to people uh, of the spiritual persu- persuasion. So I'm sure there's something to it. <laughs> maybe, easy, easy. maybe it's because Steve Jobs was a said. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Allah <laughs> So, like uh, Steve Jobs, I don't know what belief he died on, but he definitely lived an ascetic life. No yeah. doubt, right? Yeah, and and he really was, uh, he really was for for whatever benefit. I mean, if you don't have iman, it doesn't really benefit you in that sense. But he was a, he was from the the prophetic lineage. Was he really? Yeah, yeah he was Persian, right? No, Syrian. No. Oh, he's Syrian. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. I mean, I think his father is like first generation Syrian, right? Born in Syria, right? Yep. Yeah, but he was adopted, wow. right? Yeah. So. Yeah, his parents actually his, doesn't. His, his, never his parents his, gave him yeah. up for adoption, but you know, whatever's in the blood <laughs> is in the blood. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. So, uh, Mufti Saab, how's uh, Philadelphia doing? Where this is the day of the Eagles parade. Is it on fire? Oh man! Is it on oh, fire? It has on... it has it finally burnt <laughs> yeah, down? Has, there was a lot of Philadelphia there, there was a lot of traffic coming in. Uh, for some reason, like two ninety five was closed. The turnpike had issues. Like when I was coming up here, um, I, I'm assuming it was because of the Philly parade, but I don't know. I know some people had to oh, walk man. over the I, bridge. I, I mean. Just to make a long story short, I didn't actually go to the parade today. I don't really want to talk about why. <laughs> May Allah reward you. Um, I'll say this for the record that I just kind of weighed all of the options as far as getting into the city and then more importantly, being able to get out of the city. Um, I decided just to watch it as much as I could from home. But um, yeah, uh, as far as what it means... Um, so I was born in 87. Let me make this as quick as possible. Right? <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was born in 87. So the first like 
uh, I mean, started playing sports, I guess, in school, just like on the playground. And we lived in like a cul-de-sac in our neighborhood. So, uh, you know, we would play street hockey. Oh, man, I wish Shadi was here. We could talk about this. But we got um, another street hockey, hockey and know? then basketball as well. A little bit of football. And then a couple uh, of guys that were up to no good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You didn't play oh, yeah. any cricket? <laughs> I didn't even know what cricket was until after I went to Bangladesh, to be honest with you. Mashallah. Um, yeah. Um, my parents are not sports fans even till this day. Uh, my sister, not so much so either. But um, I was always, I'm the only sports fan probably in my entire family, even my in-laws, not so much so, not from what I've seen. But the first, I think, memorable like uh, postseason run was in 97, the Stanley Cup. Um, the Flyers got swept in four games to the Red Wings. I was crying. Like, I wasn't eating. I was, <laughs> nine, years I was nine years old, and um, that was, I, that, that's, I still remember that. Um, then in 2001, right, when the Sixers went to the finals, and Iverson won the first Iverson. game, right, and then they got swept. That was the only game that the Lakers lost in that entire postseason. Game one of the finals. Yeah. And then obviously Kobe, Kobe won. And it's because it was the Lakers versus Iverson. There was no, there was no was Philly like... team there. There was only Iverson. <laughs> oh man, Iverson <laughs> pound for pound, the best of all time, pound for pound player. But I mean, the Sixers um... have had three good players in their entire history. <laughs> right? yeah, they had Doctor J, Allen Iverson, and Barkley yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. Moses and Jay, Dr. J, right? Moses. So yeah, that's right, Moses. I was, yeah. I was born in 87, so I don't remember 1983, right, when the Sixers <laughs> won the last time. But um, So 2001, that was basically, I was in seventh grade, I remember very vividly, um, uh, and basically that was the time when, first time after, like, growing up, and now I'm a teenager, uh, you know, playing, and uh, not playing, but, like, paying attention to uh, the finals and everybody had the Sixers flags on their car and I got a jersey and I got the Iverson sneakers um, and they lost. The year after that or that that winter I went and I started my hits and basically I was off the radar. So, oh. <laughs> so you know what? So you missed that, that run that the Phillies made right around that time where they started I mean, winning. I, 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 was, I was out of touch so I could only hear like headlines and stuff. Yeah. And so the Eagles Super Bowl that was the first year I had gone to the UK. So I didn't have a chance to watch it. I didn't even have a chance to listen to it on the radio, but just kind of um, hearing about it online afterwards and then eventually got a chance to watch the game. But that was also heartbreaking. Um, but I don't know any of the storylines leading up to it. I wasn't even following it throughout the regular season. Uh, that was 2005, the Super Bowl. But then the World Series in... 2008 i think by that time um we did have smartphones or we started getting like gprs on our phones so i still had a nokia at that time i was able to like use some data on my nokia phone you were hiding out in like in like bathroom stalls (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah yeah. like it was straight up lockdown you only get your phone on saturday (laughs) afternoon after lunch and you have to give it back into the office sunday uh, before Asr, or Sunday before Maghrib or Asr, around 6 p.m. Uh, oh, that's worse the, That's worse than North Korea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. But, um, right, and then I think the last one was 2000. So 2008, Phillies World Series, not even a real baseball fan anyway. That wasn't so meaningful. 
Um, but that was one that I more the most recent as far as that. And then 2010, the Flyers went to the Stanley Cup again, lost uh, to Chicago. Um, but still, it was really not that meaningful, or I wasn't really paying attention to it. But so I, after basically I came back, this was 2014. I had studied and I had graduated and I finished and I was back home, like getting ready to start working and, you know, continuing with whatever's going to happen for the rest of my life. Now I really just took a lot of opportunity to catch up and <laughs> all the teams, Laurel, and, um, so yeah, I've only been like a really serious, like up to date in touch fan for the past three years, four years. But, um, you know, I was listening on the radio, the bits that make, there are only a couple of things that make me cry for no reason. One of the things that make me cry for no reason is like, um, what I heard on the radio was, um, you know, someone's grandfather or father died like last year before, uh, you know, Eagles won the championship and they were like, <laughs> season and stuff like that. I was like, wow, that's super emotional. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, they were talking about it on the radio that there's one, there's like two separate women who took their loved one's ashes and Wow. The wow. I can't make this stuff up. They yeah. dusted it on the parade route yeah. because they were a season ticket holder. Yeah. And, that sounds um, ridiculous. Well, this and... is this is this is the height of paganism. Shit. Well, <laughs> you know, um... I was like, whoa, alhamdulillah for Islam, right? You saw makes... the manure thing, right? But so wait, so before we get to the manure thing, which is ridiculous, but like, uh, so you meant you cried for you cried for no reason because of the absurd of these things rather than the because they were lamenting that this person died before the yeah. Super Bowl win yeah. not mentioning that he died before his Shahada <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like wow because they're like breaking up they're crying I was like oh my gosh I feel so sorry for this person subhanAllah <laughs> wow. yeah. like um yeah, well, and then the other one that makes me cry for no reason, but I don't want to like open up a can of worms here, is when you have um, them surprise reunions. People who are serving in the armed forces come back and like surprise their families, right? They don't expect it, right? I'm like, oh man. So, I don't know. For some reason, I find that to be very emotional. Those types so, of videos. So I saw I saw a picture, Sheikh, uh, related to that, where it was a uh, it was a guy standing in an airport with uh, he was in a military uniform and he had a young woman was with him, and they were holding a sign by the baggage carousel that said, "We waited uh, I don't know like fourteen hundred something days for this," and then <laughs> the caption was. This is ridiculous. No one should have to wait that long for their baggage. <laughs> which is a which is a good way to to play on the yeah. uh, the way that they try to pull the heartstrings on that. Yeah. Like I yeah I get it. You know the kids are sad that their parents are uh, uh, far away and they they don't understand that their parents are doing something terrible. They think that it's uh, you know they just miss their folks. I get it. Um, and, but, and it's, um, it's, it's, pre- it's always presented in a way to, uh, you know, get to your heart and try to uh, draw out that emotion. Um, it's, it's one of the things about, you know, I know this is like uh, diverging from the topic, but it's one of the things that this country has been doing ex- really well in this, these past wars, which is to try to frame the discussion about the military as we have to support these folks. And they're brave and they're honorable. And even if you disagree with the policies and even if you don't like who's in charge and even if you think that we're doing bad things, these are just good, honest people that are doing their best. And, you know, don't you can't be against them no matter what. Um, 
And conversely, one of the things that they do is they really, really uh, make them into heroes in their own minds, in the, the own military people's minds. So they give them all kinds of stuff. Like they'll go to uh, Six Flags and they get in free and they get to cut yeah. to the front of the mm-hmm. line. And um, there's a there's a there's a uh, a guy named um, guy from Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, Larry, Larry David, David Larry who David. was the, one of the co-creators yeah, yeah, yeah. of Seinfeld. He's a really funny guy. So uh, he didn't he did he did an episode in the last season of Curb Your Enthusiasm where uh, some character is getting married, some character's daughter is getting married, and the guy's uh, a military guy. So he's home to he's coming home to get married to his fiance, and everybody who meets him goes, "Oh, thank you so much for your service, right?" So when he comes up to to the to Larry David's character, Larry, Larry goes, "Yeah, nice to meet you." <laughs> and the guy is so traumatized that he yeah. runs out of the house crying. He's like, he can't handle the fact that somebody's not thanking him. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So this is the, it, it's it's a good commentary, but it's a real thing that happens is that they turn these uh, soldiers into some kind of like heroic figures. But doesn't every country do that to some extent? Like there, there, there's oh, there's a whole concept of nationalism. Sure. But I mean, what are they? What... Are you talking about like countries like Denmark that don't have any enemies? Right? <laughs> how much do they really invest into their patriotism? No, but right. still, or, or Costa Rica that doesn't even have an army. Yeah. This or but still, most I would say the the majority of countries with an army, right? They, everybody has a concept of you know support your troops, and I, I'm sure you know it. I think I, I don't want to downplay that either, right? Like, isn't isn't it important? Yeah, it's it's a different I'm, story. Once I wonder, I always wonder what those kind of things mean, though. Yeah, yeah right? what, what those, is it? What do you mean by support your troop, yeah, right? Yeah. Because if you really care about the troops, <laughs> your support for them would be to bring them home, right. and not have them overseas. That's uh, true. Right. Getting injured, getting I think, PTSD. I think those kind of statements are an easy way or a convenient way to gloss over a lot of like what that means, right? It's like if you say anything or you in any way don't support the troops then it's like well, why don't, don't so, you su- yeah, why yeah. don't you support the troops like if it's you like, criticize the war you're criticizing the exactly. individuals that are fighting the war and that's yep, not the absolutely. case you can it, criticize the not, war not while, even they take it beyond criticizing the war now if you don't stand for the national anthem in a football game you're offending the troops that's everything like yeah, you so you've affronted the, the troops because philadelphia it happened. is one of like the most it's been recognized as one of the most like socially conscious teams just you know generally as far as um, solidarity is concerned, and then you know, Kaepernick's career is over. As far as I'm concerned, whatever my opinion is worth, unfortunately. Um, but like, how does that frame the discussion? Right? It's really interesting. You've mentioned that point, Alex, where we invest a lot in this country into that, where we'll overlook actual what the problem is, or the legitimacy is of the war in the first place, or of all these you know, different things that are going on in different parts of the world. But, you know, the flag and the national anthem, Mm -hmm. you know, this weird kind of concept of patriotism, you know, and it's emotion. These things are convenient. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you, you know that the Department of Defense was paying the NFL <laughs> yeah. to do like yeah, to, yeah. to do like a halftime thing honoring some veteran that came home or yeah. to have like flyovers. I mean, All that stuff was paid. Yeah. Paid advertising. I mean, look, Mufti made the point about, like, there's certain things that are, you know, they intentionally uh, make them into emotional things, right? And these are emotional vehicles for, you know, gaining support in certain in certain ways for certain right. things. And, and, and you, can, you can very easily kind of disguise that 
into something emotional, right? Like you tell an emotional story and then people are more likely to respond to that and respond positively to the message. So. I mean, that that's like the true definition of propaganda though, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how propaganda works. Yep. That's, that's how propaganda yep. works. Heartstrings, but, hearts and minds. But it's like, you know, how do you reconcile the difference between, I think what Alex said, you know, it rings a bell, which is uh, there is a difference between saying you support your troops because, you know, supporting your troops will be having them not have ptsd fighting in wars that are unnecessary having lives you know uh you know really you know people killed for no reason at all both from a soldier's perspective but also Mm -hmm. you know who we're fighting against you know sometimes you know that like and and you're right so it's like how do you speak out against um you know things are just wrong so it's like even saying it's like no i don't support xyz war xyz mm-hmm. initiative you know it all automatically transitions to oh but you don't support the troops yeah of course it right. becomes symbolism <laughs> right it, you know it, like i said the conversation doesn't make it that far you didn't stand oh, up yeah. or, or you know you didn't honor this right. or you didn't honor that yeah. that means that you're obviously I mean, not a, you know part of us or something like yeah. that and it's a fundamental divide right the reason that he didn't stand up was because he felt like the flag represented uh, a lot of domestic injustices that are still happening uh and the people that got offended saw it as uh you know a disrespect to you know the armed forces right so it's a a lot of that is just people these things mean different things to different people and they take it and when you take it as like a broad kind of hey support the troops is what the flag represents it it becomes well that that's another one of the problems is that um this country and other countries have followed suit so you have this um, really, again, pagan concept, like we were saying. It's a pagan concept that an inanimate object, any material thing, is something you should stand for. You should salute it. You should look towards it. You should raise your eyes or your hand towards it. You should sing songs to it. Yeah. When it comes in the room, you have to stand up. This is all nonsense. It's all idolatrous nonsense. You can say we're going to have a moment where we say some nice things about our country and during that moment you should remain silent or should be respectful that's fine but to have all kinds of rituals that you have to perform in a certain way over because an inanimate object is in your presence or because a hymn to an inanimate object is being sung is idolatrous nonsense and you know that muslims have any position other than whatever on this is uh, well, uh, one thing I will defend, right? Um, just to counter, not that point, I'm about but to kick you out of my house. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, is not not the whole idea of what you said, but really going back to the original point of like you know because like, it started off Super with the, the soldier coming home oh. or whatever, right? And and you know it made Mufti cry a little bit. I, no, I get that. I get that. Little right? kids. You know, I mean, come your on, family, yeah. right? Who you're... doesn't feel bad for the little kids? But I don't think necessarily we're criticizing, or even Alex was criticizing that. I think it's using that as an emotional ploy. To, oh, to, say to drum up troops. support for something else, right? Like yeah. it, that's the definition of ex, like exploitation, right? Because like you know what exploiting... else is very emotional when that when somebody comes comes out of jail after having probably been, oh, oh yeah, you yeah. know, over sentenced or maybe even wrongly mm-hmm. sentenced, and their family gets to see them for the first time. That's right. also heartbreaking. Yeah. But and you no, don't see news stories on that. Yeah, nobody says support even when the guy was like found nobody innocent. Nobody says support our ex cons <laughs> or, or or support the wrongly imprisoned, right? Yeah. Or support the people imprisoned for years and years over what yep. is essentially legal in one place and not in another none of that stuff right we do it it's 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 part of the propaganda when they show it for the troops and i i when if i see it it is it is emotional and it is heartbreaking to see those little kids who, who are so happy to see their parents after having not seen them 
I mean, I get it. I agree with I agree with both the points, Moin and Alex. You guys both made about Moin's making it's just pure propaganda. That's exactly what it is. Um, and um, Alex, your point was that yeah, there's people paying for it, and there's people actually investing into you know expecting people to react that way. But hey, let me ask you something now. The Eagles actually have a London game next season against the Jaguars, who also, by the way, have a Muslim owner. A so Pakistani are the Eagles guy? expected to are the Eagles expected to like bow before the Queen or salute the British national anthem when they go to London, play the game there? I don't know. Is, I think that, is, that, is that anti-American now? Yeah, or? you know what? I think that uh, <laughs> I, I think that I think that Serena, one of the Williams sisters, got a hard time once because she didn't do like the proper whatever when she was at Wimbledon, like curtsy or bow or something. And wh- or whatever she did, and they were like giving her a hard time for not respecting the uh, queen, that old lady. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Man. Yeah, all of this stuff, like all of this stuff rubs me the thing. wrong way. So now I'd like to take us back to a previous discussion: the horse manure. Ah, yes. <laughs> oh, ah, brother, yes. Mufti, have you have you seen have you seen the horse manure clip? Not to be honest with you, that was just like an isolated. So can, can you? Thing. No, I no, can you? Uh, else about it. So, so can you? Can you? Uh, very little to no incidents reported. Um, you know, I, I was actually looking all over the internet to see yeah. if I could find some headline about something like that. Yeah. Um, very little to none. Like some people set some trees on fire or yeah. something. Um. But it, nothing got really out of control. Wait, right? I don't know you're what talking you're talking about. about. Isn't that one of the ten specifically prohibited acts of war? What? <laughs> Burning down yeah. trees. <laughs> so, so, yeah. so to, to no, back. So there was this video uh, that went viral. Not as viral as people, I guess, are saying it is, but it's actually um, basically as soon as the weren't game they on like the won, roof of the Ritz Carlton? That are started doing some really really crazy things. Wait, Man. didn't so, they didn't they grease like, all the telephone poles yeah. so people wouldn't climb them? So let me. Let me take this back a little there's, bit. Because there, there's <clears throat> folks outside of the U.S. that are listening to this. So yeah. can somebody back up, just explain what happened? So Philly people are crazy. Yeah. So <laughs> so this, this goes beyond Philly, I think, right? So originally, like, when the Cavs won the champion, the Cleveland Cavaliers, right, a basketball team, they won the, the championship, like, two years ago. And afterwards, during the parade in Cleveland, there was a video of this guy. He was walking down the street during the parade. And he goes out of his way, like he sees it from a distance. He sees like a <laughs> pile of, of horse manure, right? Because there's horses in the parade. And like he like he no lie, he like legit pushes people out of the way to get to this. Right. And he picks it up off the ground and then he just puts it in his mouth. It's like on camera, people got it on on their phones, on Twitter, and he just he just puts it in his mouth and like he walks away. The the most unsettling part of that video wasn't that he ate the horse manure it was actually that it looked like it wasn't his first time you know that was actually more disconcerting so i guess this this kind of started like a trend or a movement or whatever you want to call it yeah because idiots follow idiots wherever they find it you know so 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 after after you know after the eagles won this the the super bowl on sunday uh Later that night, there was a video of a bunch of uh, Eagles fans crowded around a guy who, again, was, you know, being egged on to consume some horse manure, right? And they were like, you know, they're like, eat it, eat it, right? And like he was getting, he was like kneeling down, getting closer and closer. And, and then he just like, he picked it up with his mouth and swallowed it. And the, and the best part about this, again, was not that he ate the horse manure, is that he was wearing a scarf. And for a second, the scarf, like, 
almost touched, touched. almost touched the manure. And he put his scarf back up like, oh, no, like I don't want my scarf to get dirty, you know? God forbid my scarf gets dirty, but I'm just going to I'm just gonna pick up this uh, horse manure with my, with my mouth. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like those kind of things are just, you know, it's just why. What, know, what's I, funny is I, I, I told this, I sent all these videos to somebody, and there was another one of a guy drinking toilet water out yeah. of a plunger. Yeah. Right. Just because of the Eagles. Like uh, what? What? It, what does? So the answer. You're happy that your team won, so you're so overjoyed that you're gonna do something ridiculous and unhealthy. I don't. Right. Yeah. Well, I sent this to some of my Muslim friends. It's Mufti, emotion. Mufti, your your it's emotion. <laughs> Mufti, Mufti, your uh, South Jersey crew sent this to some of them, and the response back I I got from Sajad because he listens to this it was raw emotion, bro. Yeah. Raw, raw emotion. No, yeah. raw sewage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, like seriously, I, this is I'm, I'm, I, this isn't even like a question that I'm answering. Like, because Mufti, Mufti is probably one of that crew. I answer, I answer questions all the time, but this yeah. is not a question I have. To <laughs> I mean, you know this 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 you know what this does? This brings me back to one of uh, a point of contention that I raised uh, many many years ago, and I continue to hold that it is true pre podcast days, which is that there are essentially two at maximum two cities in the entire united states probably just one new york city and there's an argument to be made for chicago being a real city everything else every place else is a podunk town even if it has like tall buildings and big populations <laughs> the, the only legit cities in this country are, are new york and maybe chicago la no it's not even a city it's a sprawling county it's a county you yeah. do realize philly was before new york it doesn't matter it's not a city where the well, it's, how, Philly's a city. How do we define city? I mean, uh, wait, wait. How are we defining the, where, city? That's where what, 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 like, what, what culture does Philadelphia have? Like actual you, culture. I mean, not like what is the culture? yeah. yeah <laughs> I don't mean like what is the type of culture. Like what do they have? That's what's what's good about Philadelphia? Who travels to Philadelphia? I lived my whole life <laughs> a drive away from it. I didn't go until I was an adult and only to go to a, a, a baseball game. I've been going to Philly. I my mean, whole you life. know, you know me. Like I don't have any specific love oh, for on, Philly, no, 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 Philly has but we got two people on the podcast. That that I mean, I, yeah. They're not from Philly. <laughs> I've been going to Philly my whole life. Mufti is the Drexel chaplain. Okay, I get <laughs> Obviously it. Obviously from Philly. I've been to Drexel. <laughs> and I felt like I was in Jersey City. <laughs> also not a real city. <laughs> they had the same kind of massages. Jersey City doesn't make Jersey City. So do city do cities matter. across the world count? Like if New York is the only yeah. city. Tokyo is a city. Yeah. So like New York, Tokyo, London Tokyo's is a city. city. London counts? Yeah. But you know what? Nothing else in England does. Manchester, you can call it Leeds. a city. It's not. Leeds. Yeah, I get, I, I get, <laughs> That's where, you're I get where you're coming from. But no, you got to give Philly a little bit more credit than that. Come on. Dude. Do I? Independence Hall. Like, none of these things matter. Yeah, that's fine. Virginia, the Liberty Bell. Like history, the Liberty like, Bell. It's I think it depends. Liberty Bell. I, I just on, don't understand. It depends on what, what a city is, really. Uh, you're, you're, you mean in the sense of, like, a... A cultural and economic center that, yeah. like, that, yeah, that people all, the world dude, over recognize yeah. and would and would yeah. want to visit. Dude, every city has its slum. We have Camden. Like yeah. that, that. That's that's the proof that it's a I, city. I guess. <laughs> mm. Philly is its own slum. So is like the Bronx, and so no, is it's like a, it's all upcoming now. <laughs> <laughs> it's all hip, it's all hipster now. By the way, speaking of... No, no, no. Uh, Philly has its own culture. It's like a very, very, very water. diverse culture. Water. Not on the level of New York, I'll give you that. New yeah. York is just completely... 
Why? Well, yeah. Full of diversity, but New Philly is no less diverse. Well, I didn't. And for... I think you're just talking about proportion, right? So I didn't. Smaller. I mean, honestly, which takes it away from being compared to New. I don't think it's any less just because it's that much here, smaller. I'll give you an example that's, that's outside of uh, you know, so that you don't have that one that you have no attachment to. So take Boston for instance, yeah. right? <clears throat> Some people think Boston is a city. I think Boston's a city. It's a town. I think <laughs> it's a big town. Listen. I heard someone from Boston describe it in the perfect way. They were like, Boston is like San Francisco, but with racists. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like the haven. It's like the opposite. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good description. Yeah, I had you didn't. Boston gets no love for me. I'm sorry. Anybody who's listening from Boston. But And by the way, San Francisco is not a city know, either. I didn't anticipate this turning into a New York versus Philly thing, but there's one way to settle this, right? We have to order uh, Philly cheesesteaks and chopped cheese. Uh, and have them together and then compare them. You know? <laughs> there is no comparison to New York and Philly. I mean, New York's obviously better. I'm just saying that Philly is still a city. I guess. I still I still propose that the chopped cheese cheese. A steak. comparable a comparable uh, study would be you know buying like deep dish pizza and yeah. comparing it to Philly cheesesteak. Yeah. Right. So. What is- or 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 when we have the way. Mad Mamuks here, right? Then listen, we could do a Chicago versus. Look, 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 I actually like that stuff, but let's not call that pizza. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, a pie. It's a casserole. Yeah, it's, it's a it's it's a quiche. <laughs> it's a quiche. All right. All right, we're, so, Mufti, I, I so, apologize yeah. for uh, denigrating denigrating your home your hometown there. Not home city, hometown. <laughs> He's I mean, it's a nice town. I've been there. I know people from there. <laughs> to be honest with you, let me say it like this without being, you know, offensive, hopefully. But I'm assuming that if we know anything about the Muslim community in Philly, a lot of the people that live there maybe are not familiar with, or maybe if they are familiar with, won't agree with many of the things that are said on the Safina podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about the Muslims that live there as well as all the other people that live there. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean. That's but, um, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I mean, so Mashallah, I I I I say that a lot of this in jest, um, only because some of the fans acted a little crazy this week. But sports fans in general are crazy. Yeah, so, oh, across yeah. the board. How do we? How do we like? Um, <clears throat> this has always been sort of a pet peeve of mine. You know, people, especially in the Muslim community, I know there's not you know other forms of halal entertainment. Uh, but I know people who waste an exorbitant amount of time after sports, especially in the Muslim community, right? Hours and hours, weekends on weekends. You know, how do you balance that with uh, really your deen and, you know, spirituality? And I feel like people just use the excuse that, oh, you know, you know, there's nothing else to do. It's halal entertainment. But that doesn't mean, you know, you can just waste you know, an, an incredible amount there's of plenty, time after there's sports. There's plenty else yeah. to do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, I, I don't know how – for some – and, and most of y'all teams are garbage losing teams anyway, so you're wasting time watching something that'll make you angry. You're talking about the fans? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true. Yeah. Are we I mean, I know because Philly? I'm a Knicks fan. I was going to say, yeah. having watched the Knicks for a exactly. long time. I'm, I'm a Knicks fan, so like you know how much time gets wasted just watching losing teams. So. Speaking of which, at least you guys can can just like have a trash rest of the season. Yeah, and maybe exactly. Get a good pick. I know. There we go. <laughs> anyway, I I don't know much about basketball. So. I, I, look, I, I think I think it's interesting because, um, like I, I started off just mentioning kind of how much of a fan I am. So I'm not following much outside of the Philadelphia sports teams. Anyway, and by the way, Philly has a professional team for all four major sports, which also makes it a city, Alex. There's four major sports. Cities. 
<laughs> because it has a team in all four professional leagues, hockey, baseball, basketball. Hockey? And, and, and you listed NFL. it first. <laughs> what are you yeah. talking about? Yeah, mashallah, it's true. I mean, New York has like two but, teams for all major sports, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I agree. But, no, I, I, think, I, think, I think that what this comes down to, um, I don't want to like end the discussion here, but I think what this comes down to, but also ultimately where it starts, is priority in the life of a Muslim. I mean, so yeah. for me, as far as sports, yes, as far as the halal aspect of it, in addition to at least also trying to play regularly just because I want to be healthy and cardio and all that stuff, but watching sports, right, where I'm just sitting there with a group of people or by myself. Um, you know, how much time is that taking up from my day? Um, I'm at a place where, okay, I'm not letting it, you know, Become go undone. higher on my list of priorities where it ends up affecting the fara'id or it ends up affecting relationships. Or, I don't know. I don't. I hope there weren't any other Muslims doing things like you know, horse manure, or things <laughs> no, like not. toilet underwater, yeah. or whatever it may be. But um, we're talking about people that um, they gave they gave the the day off for schools and. Um, Allahu Akbar. Yeah, yeah. Philly there, was there's, shut there's down. School, yeah, I, I mean, they they gave it a day off for Philadelphia schools. You know, so, a lot of. I mean, that's that's not. I don't. I can't affect public policy in that sense. But what I'm saying is, um, you know, as far as what an individual is able to control, what they do with their time mm -hmm. and what they do specifically with their free time. Um, yeah, Allah Akbar. It's amazing to what lengths people will go. Uh, it's yeah. easier for a team that's garbage, right? Exactly. Uh, it's easier for people who don't have professional sports teams in all the leagues like New Jersey. But people <laughs> in Philadelphia, um, you know, there's not so much success until recently as far as the Eagles are concerned. But still, figure well, out a way to not miss a game. <laughs> figure out a way not to miss a single like minute of action for any of the games. So that's... Well, yeah, and not only that, you know, Mufti, one of the things that I had in mind when I was, it's not even that, you know, you watch games or you spend time watching games, but these, these people that they know every single stat and they know about all of the players and they can tell you who's, you know, who's on the bench and yeah, going back here, like this, there's, there's so much mental energy, put, forget about uh, also emotional, but so much. But that, stuff, that stuff you're not learning just by watching the highlights or by watching TV. Right. Uh, no, no, this way. is a person that is there's that is very that... dedicated to it in a, in a way that uh, there's only one thing you should be that dedicated to. When when you're <laughs> when you're like the the top ranked guy on like GreenNation.com, is that the, your like Eagles website? What is that? Bleed green. <laughs> I know. I know you know it. What is it? Bleeding green or something like that? I think it's bleed green. Yeah. I thought, I thought GreenNation.com was like some kind of Islamic site. <laughs> or is like it? about like <laughs> marijuana. <laughs> yeah, but like, it's about chasing money. <laughs> yeah. Like the top commenter on like bleedgreen.com, whatever you yeah. know, your other. All, all I know is that is that Moeen came to my house today wearing a green dress shirt. Ah. So, um... Yeah, have green dress shirts, green chinos. Are you celebrating? Your I'm South not, Jersey win? I guess so. I'm, I'm happy the Eagles won, yeah, but I'm just not super crazy about it. Yeah. Uh, uh, I feel like most of the, uh, the questions around, like, how do you balance this stuff 
ultimately just come down to you have to balance it <laughs> like like there's not there's not much there's no like yeah, trick. Very, there's yeah. no life hack to like figure out how to but not waste your time just, like you just, just don't not be waste your don't time. sound like one of those people yeah. that calls up sports radio and they go yeah the yankees haven't had a good team since 76 yeah. when they yeah. had the third yeah. this third lead off batter <laughs> yeah. just stop yeah. you it's too much now at this mm-hmm. point but other than that, yeah, it's fine. It's so, just how so I, I'd like to now move on to the next ridiculous topic, which is the hamster instant incident. Oh, Allah so Allah. can you explain this to us? Hamster. Yeah. So uh, oh, wait, 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 wait. This is interesting. What happened here? So now this is a new incident. So, so Mufti, you, you know what a uh, what a what a uh, emotional uh, support animal is? I don't think anybody does. It's a real thing. Yeah. So people get notes from their from their shrinks, I guess, yeah. saying that they have to have some kind of animal with them at all times. It lends them that. emotional support. It makes things easier for them. Um, and most people get Wait, like a small dog or something. What's the difference between that and just having a regular pet? Yeah, exactly. Um, apparently, these are people that have uh, emotional problems, I guess. Um, and often those people walk around with like some kind of small dog or something. They're like specific breeds, I think, that are better. Apparently for, not, no? because. In in recent weeks, there was somebody that got uh, booted off a booted off a flight or not allowed to board because they were trying to come with their peacock, like a full grown peacock. That's an emotional support. Animal. Yeah. When has when has a, a giant bird ever been soothing to someone? <laughs> no, I mean, big, big, big Bird used to be soothing. On I guess, Street. but you're not taking him on a flight. <laughs> well. So just just today. Did just say Big Bird used to be soothing. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to question him. <laughs> that's that's one of those things you clip out. It's gonna be, they're gonna play that at your wedding, at your wedding or some crap. Well, so so the the recent story is that uh, some some uh, young woman, twenty one years old, college student in Florida, was uh, not allowed to board with her emotional support hamster. She carries a hamster around as an emotional support pet. She says that the airline told her she could. And then when she got there, they said, no, you can't get on there with that, you know, no tail rat, basically. Um, and that uh, she claims that what they told her is, uh, you know, you can either, I guess, let it go outside or flush it down a toilet or something. And that she struggled with that for about a f- for three or four hours. And tried to rent a car, couldn't rent it. And so finally she decided to go with uh, option B, which was to flush the hamster down the toilet. And now she's suing the airline because she flushed her hamster down the toilet. This is an adult. That's crazy. It's a grown person. Nah, you're going to have to send me the link for that. I'm not buying it. from this. The Guardian. This is crazy. It's a, it's a, it's crazy. a lawsuit. It was The lawsuit was filed. Um, this is... What? Like, are you serious? Yeah. So are it's, you... I don't. I don't understand. You know, when we say stuff like this on the podcast, everybody else in the rest of the world just thinks we're like the dumbest country. Like, yeah. You know what this reminds me of? It's a lot of <laughs> I us, know, right? You know what it is? I'll tell you what it is. This is a country of three hundred and plus million people. Even if a really small percentage of that, like a fraction of a percent, are idiots. That's still mm-hmm. a lot of idiots. <laughs> also, also, I mean, idiots make for good news. George Carlin, right? Rest also. in peace. Right? Yeah. Imagine yeah. half the people are this stupid and then think it, that there are people fifty percent who are even stupider than that. <laughs> exactly. But like yep. you've seen the meme, right? Yeah. George Carlin. Yeah. Oh right. boy. It's um it's crazy. He's like, think of how stupid the average person is and then just imagine that fifty percent of people are stupider than that. <laughs> are stupider than that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but you know what this this reminds me of the you know, that type of a case where 
a woman tried to dry off her puppy after giving it a bath in the microwave and then ended up <laughs> suing the microwave company. Oh. oh, my God. I mean, there's, you know, the reason that coffee cups say <laughs> caution hot beverage is because somebody spilled hot coffee on themselves and then sued. But you're an idiot. You spilled it on yourself. You're, you're the clutch. <laughs> Look, yeah. can, I, can I make this, like, observation? I, I, what I'm observing here is I'm not talking about people who have a legit condition and they need professional help. Um, but I don't know if I can buy the entire support animal thing as well as the whole, you know, not being allowed to board an air because that's just going way over my head. But um, as opposed to trying to get real friends or human interaction, again, I'm just yeah. making this observation here. But this goes back to, like, priorities it goes back to what is actually important to you in your life okay and i don't want to like take the route of like shame grenade right the, you know one of my favorite kind of terms in recent years where you're taking let, let, let me quickly like revisit this just you know for the sake of some benefit here inshallah um you know a football game right is like four quarters right 15 minutes each but like from start to finish with all the timeouts and the commercials and now halftime as well. Um, let's just say what, like three hours, three and a half hours or something like that. Right. Um, you know, we have Hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that tells us about good deeds. Alex, you actually visited us during Ramadan last year and shared some wonderful tips on things that you can do while fasting and still earn good deeds within a short amount of time. Certain things that are so simple, right, and also kind of give you peace of mind and clarity and focus throughout your day. You know, person is dedicating so much amount of time to so much other. It's lahu at the end of the day, mm -hmm. right? You can make a case for there's no real benefit for your dunya, no real benefit for your akhirah, right? But at the same time, it will add up. I'm not saying it's haram, but you know, why are you making it so important? Alhamdulillah, you know, all of the different, um, you know, gatherings that I've attended where we watched the game, salah was not delayed and the food was not doubtful or anything else like that. But I can't speak for it every single gathering at I'm, least uh, you, know, you know what i'm saying so absolutely. um I, I think it's important right i mean the prophet said subhanallah walhamdulillah right one time right fills the entire space between the heavens and the earth how many times can you recite that right in a timeout or you know within the span of an entire three-hour period um reciting surah ikhlas one time equal to one-third of the quran um you know, reciting the durud, the shortest version, salat and salam, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 10 sins forgiven, 10 rewards, you know, written down, and 10 elevations in a person's rank, right? So, um, the harmless fun and pastime and all of that stuff. Um, eventually, I'm making this observation that, you know, people have to reorient their priorities. Literally, there are people, and I play fantasy football now as well. And I'm not very good at it at all, right? And the reason why I'm not very good at it at all is just because I don't spend any time going through the entire week's predictions or scouting report or statistics on who has a good game or who has a good matchup. And likewise, you know, I'm not even really that competitive in fantasy football, right? But, you know, there are people in the league that I play in that, oh my goodness, it's like literally something that they're thinking about all the time. And it's... Uh, Allahu Akbar, how much we actually think about our parents or how much we actually think about <laughs> ilm or the masjid or how much we're thinking about these things. So um, it's definite. And then when you add the emotional elements to it, then um, 
it's very, very powerful. It can lead to things where you're disobeying Allah or where you're putting things above your priorities. Um, and subhanAllah, right? I don't know if I have an answer to that. It's just an observation that I'm making. I, any, what are your thoughts on that? What do you guys think? Is that fair? Or am I being unfair here? No, or? it's uh, 100% correct, Sheikh. That's, that's, that's an excellent... Uh... I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I watch the games and I follow my local teams. But there are Muslim brothers and sisters, friends of mine, very close friends of mine that, um, you know, <laughs> Allahu Akbar, man. They, they, uh, I was there. I hope I wasn't there. I saw things I did not want to see. What am I supposed to say? You know, Alhamdulillah. Well, for... well you just said it because they're going to listen to this later. <laughs> like, Alhamdulillah for being an imam and I got to run back to the masjid for salah, right? So, um, you know, I guess uh, no, but that's I th- where I'm coming I th- from. I, I think, Sheikh, one of the things that you did beautifully, so you give this perspective, right? So, like, you're you're a person of N, you're a, you're a scholar, and you're someone who is a religious leader, but you're also a human being and a normal person, right? Which is a good thing for people to see, that the ulama aren't, like, these austere people, or they aren't, like, you know, super-focused nerds that only know one thing. And they have no perspective on the real world. This is sometimes the image that's painted, and it's 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 unfair, and it's in my experience almost always not true, right? Um, I've I've yet to meet the scholar that is not also really well versed in the, the world that he lives in, the the culture and the environment that he's in, and has probably a deeper understanding of uh, human nature than people who have not studied religious sciences. So I think you you presented a great example of that. While still, you know, making the clear point that at some point things go too far and they can become harmful to your dean, harmful to you emotionally, harmful to you, even your worldliness, your worldly matters. Um, mashallah, Sheikh, you gave us a, a, a really good no, answer there. Barakallah feekum, Sidi. May Allah reward you. Please make the offer for my parents and for my teachers. But, like, you know, I, you know another perspective that I think is interesting um, and this is actually something I think a lot about with regards to this is I still feel, though, that specifically here in America, I can't really speak for Europe as much because um, generally I think we can agree they're more conservative, like generally, right? Not specifically in certain communities. But I feel like people like Sheikh Salik, Sheikh Abdullah bin Bayah, right? Happy the Humbullah, right? And, you know, those type of scholars and ulama from like the pre-modern world, right? I feel like people like me, um, you know, studying the deen or not, or other young Muslims growing up in my generation, um, we also need to see that, right? That you can live a life meaningful, family and faith and everything else, but have not. You don't have to worry about any of these other distractions. Of course. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't know. What's your thought on that? I guess Mine, because no. you spent more time with him. No, I, I totally, I totally agree. I mean, especially when you. And not just with you know ulama like Sheikh Salik or you know uh, the, the you know some other you know folks that you mentioned, it's the it's the idea of just the the old old school living, right? I mean, I have a lot of family members who are also very old, and when you're around old people in general, you know the elderly, you'll experience that, and I think that's why it's really important to spend time with people like that, where. You know, they're not connected to the internet. They're not connected to, you know, everything that's going on in the world. And you'll realize that they still function perfectly fine, right? And and sometimes they function better, right? Um, 
I have, you know, some family members that are almost never on the internet. They don't know what's going on. And you talk to them and they think the world is fine. You know, everybody else mm-hmm. thinks like the Mahdi is coming next week, right? So it's like... Let me ask you the question. Like, just to put this out there, right? Does Sheikh Salik even... Does he follow, like, the Super Bowl? Does he even know what the Super Bowl... <laughs> what teams played or whatever? Probably not. Probably yeah, not. Maybe does, does, after living like, in California, you might know something just because people speak about it. But most... No, no. The answer is no. Right, and like, does he even care about what's happening in you know the White House nowadays or any of these other things? No, nope, no, right, no. no doubt they are important, right? Within you know certain contexts or whatever, these things will you know I guess affect people differently. But my point is, it's like you and I both know people, right? We all know people that if they see someone like Sheikh Salik, they'll be like, you know what, that guy's I can't even take that seriously. How can that? that that's, it's completely irrelevant to me. Anything that he's going to say, he's not going to be relevant to me because he's completely not aware of the content. No, you know nonsense. what I'm saying? They won't yeah. give him the time of day. And, right? I, and I think I, I feel like that's a detrimental thing. I feel like that's not an unhealthy kind of attitude. It's really unhealthy. Sense. And I it think is. most of the stuff, you and I have talked about this before, where there's this idea of, you know, in the Muslim community, especially within our generation, there's this idea that everything and everybody speaking has to be relevant to me right relevant in the sense of like you have to be speaking the same exact accent Mm. of english you have to be from the same neighborhood you got to watch the same like all of it must be relevant specifically to my situation and it's not even about like the conservative fixy positions right when it comes to certain things it's not even about that right it's just um it goes back to the spiritual problem, in my opinion, where we want to still make as much room within our deen and even within our spiritual personality for dunya and for not 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 obviously makru or haram elements of the dunya, but permissible elements of the dunya. We don't want to let go of the fun aspect of it. And people like Sheikh Salik, no one can say, I mean, I'll just, I don't know if you know, all of our listeners will be able to understand that. But when we talk about, you know, life being less fun because certain things or many things are haram for Muslims, right? That's like a really, really messed up attitude in my opinion. Whereas someone like, you know, Sheikh Salik, you know, the great awliya, right, who are alive and who have, you know, traveled this path, you know, as much excitement as, you know, your local home team winning a championship, right? They would get that much excitement in a couple of prakats of salah or in like a, you know, mm. chapter of a book, you know, something related to, you know what I'm saying? That's like such a very, very big disconnect and that's, in my opinion. That's, that, that point, you know, drives home the next thing I'm going to say, which is when you read the stories of the awliya, right? You'll realize that they didn't just, you know, remove things that are haram. They removed things that which were lahu as raw, right? Like just playful enjoyment for the sake of playful well, enjoyment. Zuhud is a, a whole other... Yeah, yeah so, but e- even when you just like take a, 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 a bit of that Zuhud and you realize, you know, w- there's people out there that, you know, like you mentioned, they get way more happiness, joy, you know, serenity from Turaka of, you know, Noafil than, you know, people do like when, you know, they... You know, for example, their team wins the Super Bowl. Like they could care less about anybody winning, winning the Super Bowl. <clears> when none of that matters. Eat a piece of horse manure. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, so that's the thing. Like to be fair, right? The Super Bowl is like 
somewhere closer to the middle, right? Then you have like the other opposite extreme of the spectrum is like people that binge watch, right? Like binge watching, I never actually got a Netflix account just out of fear. Like I know whether or not I would be able to handle it. And I just decided it's probably not a good idea. So um, I lot... can't really have any conversation that has anything to do with something on Netflix mm, or binge watching. There's a lot of hickman in but that decision. Lot, right? There's so many things that, um, you know, take up our time. We haven't even given Salah in the Masjid or Quran a chance or two rakats of Salah or like some session of ilm or even some type of yeah. other thing, I, a chance to taste it. You know what I'm saying? And I, I know it's asking for a lot, but I feel like... No, I don't um, think it's asking for a lot. I don't think it's you know, asking for a lot at all. You know, Mufti, one of the things that's that I... That's exactly why we need to have connection with people like Sheikh Salah, like people who are completely from a different world. Yeah. Right? And um, just to kind of give us that reality check, I feel that's so much more necessary than just the classes and just the knowledge and just the reading and the teaching and the learning. Um, it's those personalities that, you know, you, you can practically see it. A hundred percent. companionship. I mean... Yeah, the, the sohbah counts for so much more than... I mean, the, the studying knowledge is, is, a, is a necessary thing, but the sohbah is really what makes it happen. Yeah. It's the companionship. It's the keeping company of people who have achieved something so that you can see that it's achievable. Yeah. And obviously the sohbah of smarter people will have its own benefits as well, right? Obviously. Right. It also has I mean. its known, known, <laughs> known uh, problems as well. So in, on, on this topic, uh, a piece of advice that I, I've, I've received that I think is excellent is I think that Muslims, adult Muslims, should treat, should treat themselves like children. And by which I mean allow yourself some halal distraction after you've done your homework, whatever that entails, whether it's made up prayers that you have to make up, whether it's read your hizb of Quran for the day, whether it's uh, made a certain amount of prayers in the masjid, hopefully all of them, whatever it is that whatever, whatever goal you need to accomplish, you know, do your chores first, accomplish your goals first, do your homework first, do the things that are important and valuable and can't be put aside. And then if you want to reward yourself with watching the highlights on ESPN, fine but don't do them if you haven't achieved the uh important thing that you needed to do before yeah and and the interesting thing is right like this isn't just you know a problem nowadays that muslims see this is a problem that lots of people see you know i i follow uh a fairly fam famous uh vlogger youtuber now uh by the name of gary vaynerchuk you know if you listen to him you know part gary of v Gary V, yeah, part part in the language if you ever listen to him. But you know, one one of the one of the things that he goes on about is, you know, everybody wants to be successful, everybody wants to be famous, they want to make it big, you want to go viral. But he's like, you're never going to because you're spending, you know, hours of your days playing 2K. It's like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you know, while you know I was working day and night at my you know dad's business and and you know trying to make it, make it. All of you guys were like down at the jersey. Sure. It's like everybody else wants to go to the beach and like, you know, and it's always like he's like, this is a American phenomenon, especially in our generation, which is like, you know, you want to make it big. But at the same time, you just you, you want to binge watch, you know, the Game of Thrones like you're not going to make anything and especially in the Dean. And, and let me add this for the uh, for the people who just be like, oh, I don't have those goals. I'm like a socialist and I just I don't want to make big <laughs> right. That's cool. You want to change the world. You want to make things better in the world. You want to. You want your contribution to be something that has, has a positive effect on all of humanity and elevates the lowest of the low and uh, evens out the playing field and all of these things. 
those are all huge goals and you're not going to accomplish them if you're sitting on the couch and if you have a pile of dirty dishes in your sink. Like, manage those things, get yourself together and then you're right. Be focused and, and, and serious and then maybe you can go out and change the world. Yeah, and and, and I think that's a, a socialist. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Doctor Shadi, yeah, Dr. Sh- Dr. Shadi uh, gave a khutbah about fatuwa, chivalry, and Most we're not going to open up this gender topic. But one of the things that he mentioned. Where's that bell? We don't oh, have the bell, so we where's can't. Where's that bell? No, one of the things he mentioned was so on point. Right, you're you've, you've graduated. You're probably looking for a job, or you're in high school, or something. And um, you're still playing video games in your mama's basement in your sweatpants for hours and hours a day. How on earth are you going to achieve anything in life, right? You don't even know your faraid. You don't know basic couple of surahs of the Quran. You don't brush your teeth. You don't do your laundry. And you're talking about changing the world or becoming innovative or doing something like this. By the way, this is another point. We kind of already brought it up. But all of these leadership books, I've read quite a few of them because, I mean, there's a lot of good examples in there, but the basic principles are all the same. And the basic principles are follow the sunnah. <laughs> follow the sunnah. Live a sunnah lifestyle from the time you wake up until the time you go to sleep. Easier said than done. May Allah give us all the tawfiq. But all of these different leadership books, be it Maxwell or be it Simon Sinek or all these other people, it's basically just live a sunnah lifestyle. Outwardly and inwardly as far as your timetable, your routine punctuality but also as far as the way you deal with people your attitude it's all just you know a non-muslim version of teaching adab and akhlaq manners and character and subhanallah i was like oh my gosh people pay so much money for leadership training and people pay so much money for all these different nonprofit workshops and things like that i was like oh my gosh this stuff is like for free at the masjid you can learn all this stuff um but unfortunately um that sohbah element is not being emphasized enough, I think. But um, yeah, you're, I, I, you're don't listen to right. Gary V. I mean, just mind the language if you're listening to Gary V. Right? I didn't know you were a Gary V. fan. I'm learning this for the first time. I've never heard of this person. Yeah. He's very interesting. <laughs> what is? What is he doing? I mean, I'm, self, I'm self-employed. What does he, do? he runs so, a media company. Um, for whatever that's worth. Yeah, that's true. Alhamdulillah. I, th- I think, by the way, all man need to know this, need to be in touch with this kind of material more than anybody because yes, if you're if you're relying on the message board to uh, give you a career, man, good luck. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and his advice... That's a whole is, other topic. But. His advice is fairly simple, right? Which is work hard. Don't be worried about, like, you know, getting your snap streak, right? Your Snapchat streak, you know. Snapchat's over, man. Yeah. It's, yeah. Snapchat's dead. Instagram, Instagram has killed over. It. But whatever it may be, right? Like people have like twenty thousand Instagram <laughs> no, followers. Right. <laughs> By the way, I don't, I don't, I don't have either. But I just, uh... for example, you know, people have like thirty thousand, three hundred thousand Instagram followers. But really, <laughs> really, they've accomplished like nothing in their life, right? Well, they might be making money. Some of them, right? Some of them. I think you have to get up to like at least six figures, actually. Yeah. You know, like another another point, I think Alex, you mentioned it earlier on. I don't know if it was in a podcast, but I'm pretty sure I remember it. Um, people that are the most active on social media with the comments and stuff, they're usually not doing anything in the community. They're not they're, they're not really serious yeah, about yeah, their I, job I re- or their career or that, their yeah. family, let yeah. alone their religion. If they're spending that much time on social media and they are that active and they're that vocal, um, really, what are you doing in your community? Right, people that are. Um, you know, attacking all these other people, Linda Sarsour or whatever it may be. I mean, 
Uh, right. I, you can, you can, I made a decision not to worry about those people a while ago. Um, That's a wise decision. I don't know what else to say. Sheikh, speaking, <laughs> speaking of uh, real life, um, <laughs> as opposed to the internet, um, are, you com- are you coming to uh, are you coming to uh, Convercon in uh, in April? Inshallah, I'm also sending some people. I don't know if they've registered. A couple of people who, um, alhamdulillah, we were able to work with in our community down south as well as in Philadelphia. I'm a not couple sure of people who have been in touch with me since they took their shahada. Um, within the last year and also beyond, I have ordered them the information, but um, hopefully I will be there. So can, can you I don't know can you give an, I don't know if we're scheduled to have the subpoena class here that weekend, but I don't think it's gonna be. So Alex, can you uh, explain? Oh, what sorry, is Conver- yeah, what that's what is it's, all, it's all out of con- it's all out of context. Yeah, what is convert? Conference? Uh, con- the convert conference. It's uh, this is our third year doing it. Uh, alhamdulillah, Ashallah. where uh, it's a it's a it's a conference direct geared mainly towards uh, people that are uh, not born into Muslim families. Um, who are Muslims who are thinking about becoming Muslim, who uh, have uh, family members who are new Muslims or family members who are non-Muslim. You know, that general uh, demographic. Uh, we have uh, speakers three years in, three years running now. We've had uh, Sheikh Amin Muhammad from uh, Masjid Muhammad in Atlantic City and uh, also Sheikh Yahya Roldis um, as speakers. And uh, this year we're also having uh, Aisha Prime, Sheikh Prime, she's going to be uh, presenting a section two, and it's it's a conference, but it's not like Isna or Ikna or anything like that. It's not a bunch of uh, different uh, speakers, small right. talks about this subject or that subject. It's a it's a one cohesive event. Um, then there's breakout sessions where people get to actually sit with the ulama in uh, close proximity and you know actually interact and actually interact with each other and meet. And uh, the last two years have been really beautiful. We've met people from. Um, like a wide range of places like uh i think the furthest somebody came from was like cincinnati or wow. someplace pretty far wow, out that's, that's Alhamdulillah. Really cool. so uh, wow, uh we're hoping to have a we always have people coming from new york mashatakwa always has a big representation um inshallah we'll have a lot of people from uh the great town of philly <laughs> inshallah i, I mean, love how you didn't say city. Um, i will do my best to inshallah get the word out but I mean, I don't know how we're doing on time, but I'm just curious if I could ask a question, CD. You can always um, ask a question. Chase. Someone yeah. like myself, I mean, what advice would you have for, I mean, I've been born into Islam and in this position in this community, um, you know, with an opportunity to teach and to, you know, be here uh, for the support of, you know, my community. Um, someone who is, you know, in a situation where there aren't so many support systems, um, where, you know, I really, you know, am not able to utilize all the resources as best as possible for someone who is just starting their journey. What would you advise or what could I advise to someone who shows up at my masjid? Um, this is in a community where there's a large group of people. It's not very active. But, you know, I feel bad that, you know what, I wish we had more classes here or I wish I could give you more time or I wish I could point you in the right direction. SubhanAllah, I hear different stories about people that, you know, embrace Islam and, you know, they have to drive so far away to find a masjid or drive so far away to find some scholar just to learn how to pray and things like that. But, um, you know, I definitely feel like every masjid should have this as part of 
their initiative, a new Muslim program or a specific class for new Muslims and literature, but also kind of workshops to go with that literature as well. What has been your experience? What was the idea, I guess, behind putting this conference together? Why do yeah, you think so, it's so, so I, important? It, in my experience, and, uh, I, you know, this, this is uh, just last fall, uh, I hit 25 years in the Dean, so it's been a long Mashallah. time. Alhamdulillah. And uh, in in that time, what I've what I've seen work, and what worked personally for me, is having just like actual social connections with other Muslims, right? Whether they are also converts, or whether they're people that were born to Muslim families, whether they're people of knowledge, or just regular, everyday, you know, uh, Ahmed computer programmer, right? Any any anybody that you know that is a Muslim that is at least practicing will help shore up your own practice and your own commitment to the deen. It's it's really about having friends um, and close associates that are Muslims. Uh, personally for me, Allah gave me a tremendous ni'mah in that um, I worked with uh, three Muslims. And it was a type of job where you could socially interact a lot, and I spent a lot of time uh, interacting with them. In fact, I'm still very good friends with them. Uh, one of them is, my closest, is one of my closest friends. Um, that I still interact with almost daily. Uh, that was a great benefit for me, and that's a situation you can't really create. There's no way to. There's no way for a masjid or an organization to force that. What you can do is create opportunities for people to meet one another, because right, right. You know, I've I've heard of masjids doing stuff like having buddy programs, or you know, this is the person that's assigned to the new Muslims, and that might be of some benefit, uh, but you. It like it, whether you're Muslim or not, whether you're new Muslim or not, you don't you can't force social relationships. Those things have to occur organically and naturally. You know, souls are drawn to souls that they're drawn to, and uh, it's just you can't you can't force it. It gets too awkward. Um, so it's so the reason why I'm asking is because this alhamdulillah this has not happened to me, but like I dread, you know, the fact that you know, unfortunately, I know about it where. Somebody who is a convert in the community, they, you know, many times will end up being the only Muslim person in their family. So I'm not even talking about like halal food or praying at work or things like that. I mean, what I'm talking about, like the thing that kind of struck my heart and where I needed to take this more seriously, right, in my community was hearing about somebody who on Eid day doesn't know what to do or doesn't have anywhere to go or is not invited, right? I mean, uh, I've been there. I was, I, I was there for I, I, I was there for like, years. What are you doing on day? It's like I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's the happiest day of the year for a Muslim, right? The both days, like, uh, I don't know what to do. So, Sheikh, I can tell you I from experience. I, I can't even appreciate that perspective. I feel helpless, but I so my, appreciate. What one thing is Go don't, ahead. Sorry. Don't, don't worry so much about it. My first my first few years, Eid al-Fitr is always was always more more even though it's the it's the smaller Eid, right? But for for uh, for me, it was the one that I had the most uh, activity in because obviously everybody's fasting together, and then everybody is breaking their fast together. On Eid. Um, sometimes Eid would come, I would just go pray and go home, and that's it. Like that's all I did is go pray and go home and go back to my house and hang out with my family, or if I was in school, go to my dorm room and do some homework. Um, uh, it's it seems more sad from the outside, honestly. Um, I think, at least for me, because. If you grow up with certain traditions and you see a Muslim not being able to partake in those traditions, it seems to you like, well, how can this possibly be? But for somebody who's new to the deen, it might not seem that strange and they might feel okay with it. 
Um, that said, as time went on and I developed more social relationships with more Muslims, uh, actually, Eid is much more beautiful now. It's obviously right. That that said, I don't I don't know what you can do as an organization or what an individual can do, except maybe invite someone. If you know someone that's in that situation, invite them to your home. I know a lot of people that uh, will invite Muslims that don't have Muslim family to their home for breakfast, Eid, or you know, for whatever they're doing with their family gathering and be welcoming and be kind to them. And that's a beautiful thing. Um, so I, on an individual level, you can do that. Um, Here, here's one question that I've always had um, from like a convert perspective, and it's more, more geared towards Alex, but which is, is there like a certain point, you know, where, because I, I've, I've always felt this way. Like I, after a certain point, I feel like a person doesn't really see, doesn't really stay like a convert. Like for example, when I, I've I've known you for a long time, I've never thought of you or even seen you as a convert. Like you know way more about Dean than I do. Like it's just like well, I don't know about that part, but <laughs> yeah, I mean I was or I, other people I know. I, so, so. I literally just said that the other day. I was telling my wife I was like uh, I was talking about I think giving a khutbah at a college or something, and I was like. I was like, there's no way that I would even refer to myself as a convert. I've been yeah. Muslim longer than these kids have been alive. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like, so, I, yeah. like, I don't think I've ever even thought of like, yeah. you know, like, oh, Sidi Elias is a convert. Like, that's yeah. that's just weird to me. Like, what at what point does it stop? Well, so, you know, in Medina, in the time of uh, of Malik, it was six months. Six months. Like, you had six months to be a new Muslim, and after that, you were supposed to Probation be, like, on the... Period. Yeah, you were supposed to be... After that, you were expected to be on the program. Obviously, we don't live in a Muslim country. We yeah. don't live in Medina. Right, So, right, it's right. a different world. But, um, but fine, like a couple of years, three years, four years. Like, yeah. Is there like some, at least like a, a rough range, like after somebody's been Muslim for like 10 years, are they still so a convert? I, I, there's two I answers. Say, when is a new Muslim still... A new Muslim? No, no longer considered a new Muslim. Like you've been Muslim, a new Muslim longer than this person has been alive. So, so, <laughs> so these I, terms are so problematic, right? These yeah, so I think so there's a two-part answer to that. The one, the first part of the answer is... Um, I. A Muslim, I think once you're a Muslim and you're praying and you're fasting and you're, yeah, you're right. I think you're just a Muslim, right? Yeah. But people who have not been born into Muslim families, um, I think in some ways are always, uh, always have a different experience because their family's not Muslim. Yes. Um, or, inshallah, that's not always the case and people's families come along too. And that's actually a very beautiful thing that I've seen a few times. But the majority of the time, the family... They're the only one or one of the only Muslim people in their family. So in a, in, a, in, a, in a sense, that is still different. And that's something that lasts for their entire life usually, right? Mm. Like my mother is not Muslim yet. Um, that's may, true, Allah, right? may Allah guide her and my brother. But for now, they're not Muslim. And, uh, you know, if when, when they pass away, it's going to be different than it would be for a Muslim. Um, that's true, yeah. They still have holidays that uh, are different from mine and I have to balance that. So there's still some of that. Um, but yeah, I think after I think after a couple of years, people should just be—they're just Muslims at this point. Like, like yeah. would you feel normal? Like, like, what what's what would be normal for you to just be treated? I'm assuming everybody just wants to be treated normal, right? Like, now, I'm putting I'm putting the onus here on the community. I think the community needs to change their perspective about all of this, right? That some again, there's an element of racism clearly, but it's like inherently somebody who is born into Islam you know, is going to be very, very different than somebody who comes into the dean after previously having some other background. Um, and then I think on a community level, it's tough to do something about that. How do you separate that? Yeah. And then add to that, the fact that, you know, all the 
majority, many of the Muslim communities I can speak about myself mm-hmm. are immigrants from another place where Muslim majority populations are. So reconciling that, now you're in a land where you know you're not a majority anymore, and then now you have people accepting the deen. Their experience is completely different from other Muslim experiences, but like. To your point, right, CD List, the Sahaba were all converts, right? Yeah, Malik, exactly. Six yeah, months, absolutely. right? The Sahaba, all of them are converts. And 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 right? the reason I mentioned <laughs> like, I mentioned that also is that there's this thing, right, where we feel, and I, I mean, we do the convert conference. We have the class Road Ahead, which is specifically geared towards new or newly practicing Muslims, even if they're from a, a, a heritage Muslim background. Um, and those things are important to help people. Really, the Comrade Conference, the main thing that it does is it helps people meet other Muslims, right? And sometimes they might not have any other Muslims in their lives. And this is a way to come across a large group of people. Um, you know, we're hoping for several hundred this uh, this year. Um, Inshallah. And, uh, and from different areas. So there's a greater opportunity for you to meet someone that you might make a connection with and you might feel uh, some kind of affinity to and you might make a new... F- you know, it might be somebody that you can interact. You know, you'll you'll even if you lived geographically uh, far apart, you might friend them on Facebook, and it's somebody that you can you know talk to about things that are, might be unique to your experience that you can't really talk to. Like you were saying, you know, the immigrant uncle in the masjid, um, or the or the auntie in the masjid who just wouldn't get what you're where you're coming from at all. The, all of that said, I think there's a big onus on the converts themselves. You know, you've made this you've made the step towards salvation and guidance. This is an honor something that you should be thankful to Allah for. And if the community gives you everything, you know, on a bed of roses, fantastic. If they give you nothing, it doesn't matter because you're not there for that. You're not there for people to tell you, um, we'll hold your hand every single day all the way through. Allah has given you guidance. You have to, you have to persevere in that. Even if you find, I mean, I went to, I went to a masjid where the khutbah was in all Arabic and I, know, I understood almost none of it for years. But I still went. Because I still have to go to the Jummah. Like, that's all there is to it. And it wasn't accommodating. And I didn't know anybody in that masjid. And they were all older immigrant Arabs. It's fine. I didn't need to make friends. I was there to fulfill my obligation to Allah. So, the, I, I, I appreciate that uh, this is a focus of a lot of communities. Now, and I think it's a beautiful thing. And I think it's a good thing. I think even if none of it existed, the Muslims still have to do it. Like the yeah, early converts in this country did. I mean, they just jumped in. You yes. know, you were the one person that converted. And you're in this community of all people who barely speak the language. You know what you do? You you accommodate to that because it's what you're seeking. I agree. I think it goes both ways. And uh, subhanAllah, I'll say this without um, kind of, again, trying to offend anybody. But subhanAllah, some of the things that I have observed, right, in my short amount of time. I'm not just talking about my immediate community, but in other places I visited. Um, subhanAllah, Allah reward you know, those people who, after accepting Islam, have still, you know, been able to stay steadfast on their Islam, just as a result or after having been treated the way they are treated oftentimes in their respective communities. Um, SubhanAllah, it's it's, uh, really shameful that I feel, I mean, this is just my opinion, that we don't have enough, close to nothing invested for these people who are also members of our ummah. They also have la ilaha illallah in their hearts, right? And love for Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu running through their blood. But um, for some reason or another, it's it's that much more expiring for me just because, unfortunately, how much, in my opinion, I see on a community level, 
we're not creating that environment for them. Something as simple as inviting them on Eid day that I'm not 25 years is a long time, Sheikh. I'm 30 years old. <laughs> Allah reward you and bless you. And, uh, you know, all of us, but, uh, Alhamdulillah, that, that's, uh, I, I, uh, inshallah, we, we need to definitely, you know, do more for our brothers and sisters who are coming into the deen. Alhamdulillah. Make it easy for them to stay steadfast and all of us as well. So yeah. what, what's so, the date for convert ConvertCon? Oh, uh, it's uh, it's April fifteenth. It's at Rutgers, uh, in New Brunswick. Um, the the topic this year is uh, miracles of the Quran, um, and that's of course going to be related in 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 some way to the uh, coming into the Dean and the experiences for new Muslims. Um, so again, it's uh, it's Aisha Prime, Amin Muhammad, and Yahya Rodish are the main. Uh, People who are going to be leading the conference. Do you have to uh, register, or is it? Yeah, there's a there's a there's a if you go to safinasociety.org, that's s a f i n a s o c i t e safina society all one word dot org. T y but t y sorry. And they'll see he it. got oh, Safi- <laughs> he got safina right, but society was. <laughs> yeah, you know what's the worst part? I'm reading it directly off the card. <laughs> Um, and if if you to, in order to access in order to access this podcast, I'd have to go to the so go to SafinaSociety.org and and there's a Facebook there's an event page on Facebook um, if you, uh, that uh, I don't even think you have to have Facebook to look at it or whatever it has it's all public. the details you can register and uh, you know just come out we'd love to see you there Dr. Shadley will be there obviously uh, very active as well as part uh, as one of the uh, hosts um, I'll be there as well most of the uh, members of Safina Society. Um, it's, a, it's a beautiful organization overall. We do a lot of, uh, a lot of work in the community, and uh, this is just one of, our, one of our projects. And inshallah, we hope to see as many people there as possible. Um, we're also getting, a, a, I think, a bus or two from uh, Virginia, from Adam Center. So oh, wow. We're, we're, uh, we're looking forward to it. So one more plug I have in here. We have a class that started in South Jersey for Safina Society. It's, a, it's an extension of this. It's, <laughs> it's an extension of the sort of Safina Society Oweilin program, but uh, it's more of a uh, private session in South Jersey for South Jersey crew. If you're anywhere above Bordentown, please go to the NBIC Safina Society Oweilin <laughs> class. What is Bordentown? <laughs> yeah. Bordentown? If you live past Bordentown? Isn't that like the brand the of like dairy products? Hold on. Is Bordentown a landmark? I've, I'm from New Jersey. I've never yeah. heard of it. What is Bordentown? Look, it's exit six on the turnpike. You don't need to know anything. All right, else exit six. That's fine. Right. That's cool. Exit six. There you go. Six. I've well, never gone south of South Jersey. Is Bordentown not the demarcation line for South Jersey? Nobody's ever heard of that some town. People think it's, some people think it's Trenton, but it's definitely Exit Six. It's Bordentown. Well, yeah. well, Wallahi, well, <laughs> it's 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 Elizabeth. Newark down. <laughs> it's Union County, maybe. Anyways, anyways, so we started a class in South Jersey. Uh, Mufti Niaz is uh, the instructor. It's we're doing Usulul Hadith. Uh, we started our first session already. It's a very strict program. We're going to be starting our second session this sunday 2 p.m it's two to three um in order two to, to five, two to five, sorry, two two to five. Oh, sorry sorry two to five in order to register there is a link um how can they get access to this link without no, we can put it in the comments without, on the homepage yeah we'll, we'll put it in the, the yeah, we'll, we'll put it on the comments of, of this podcast and uh you'll also be able to find it Hopefully on the Safina, we'll post it on the Safina uh, Facebook. But just show up to Islamic Center South Jersey, two p.m. Uh, this Sunday, and inshallah you can join the class. And let, let me just say, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that this class was happening, but I can tell you that 
if you have an opportunity to study Mufti Niaz and you don't take it, you should be ashamed of yourself and you may have, to, <laughs> I'm, I'm not even being funny. Like be, you should be, ashamed. this is uh, an amazing resource and you're really shortchanging yourself because Allah may not place this kind of opportunity in your life again. And you may be trying to cobble together some knowledge from here and there and looking for it on Wikipedia or something. This is, Mufti Niaz is not just knowledgeable, he is a beautiful human being and someone who's truly committed to the deen. And uh, I, I don't know why you would miss out on it if you had the opportunity. Inshallah, I'll reward you. We love you all for the sake of Allah. Um, it goes back to the same points that I think we've been echoing and hopefully um, you know, have been benefiting from. That, um, alhamdulillah, there is the knowledge, right? There's no excuse for the knowledge, at least, alhamdulillah, Safina Society, I've, one of the reasons why it's so close to my heart and I want to make as much time for it as possible is the emphasis on knowledge, is the emphasis on, you know, knowing who you are supposed to be as a Muslim and what you are supposed to do as a Muslim. But, you know, the second part of it, which is so crucial, so crucial, is the suhba, being in the company of good people. And, um, you know, alhamdulillah, uh, you know, I wish, I, you know, I could have driven up and I could have been there by now for the podcast. You know, we, we could have been doing this in person, but alhamdulillah. This worked out much so better, much, much better than I expected, though. This is not <laughs> too bad. Um, and and, I, and please do come up sometime. <laughs> this is fun, but alhamdulillah. No, so please, inshallah, ConvertCon on the 15th at April, Rutgers. Please April check 15th, it out. If you're in South Jersey, please join us on Sunday afternoons um, from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. We are doing year one, right? Usul al-Hadith as well as Usul al-Din as well. Um, inshallah, for more information, um, where can we visit again? I'm sorry, I don't know. Uh, we'll po- exactly. we'll post it on uh, the Safina right, Facebook right, page. Right. Yeah, yeah, There's a yeah, small yeah. little Google uh, form that we have we had fo- we had the students fill out. So inshallah, you can fill that out and register. If you're in South Jersey, there's only like 20 of you, so you know who Mufti Niaz or I are. So just send us a message. There's not that many of you down there. So (laughs) if you listen to this podcast and you're from South Jersey, then you know who either one of us are, hopefully. Uh, Just send us a message and we'll get you at it. By the way, if somebody's listening to this and you're in Philly or someplace that's not that far, It'll be worth your time, honestly. Yeah, there's some couple mm-hmm. folks that come. Yeah. Or you're in Bordentown. Yeah, if you're like in Bordentown, whatever that is. <laughs> <Or> cin- <laughs> c- Cinnaminson, Palmyra. Cinnaminson. I, I know Palmyra because I've been there once. Yeah. Uh, um, all right, so. No, Cherry Hill, Camden, all the way all down the, to the Delaware yeah. Memorial Bridge. Voorhees, okay. Ma- Marble. Um, uh, speaking, so, uh, speaking of that area. Speaking of that area, if he's listening, Assalamu alaikum to Sheikh Fahim. Who uh, we're hoping inshallah. will also be be at uh, at Converse. Inshallah, inshallah. Uh, I have one. La- I have one last plug. I'm gonna say just so we commit to this timeline. And uh, uh, next week, Thursday, we're going to be releasing a new podcast. Uh, it's called Stories of the Olia. Um, it's going to be some of the beautiful stories of Olia and you know uh, the amazing people from Islamic history. It's being compiled by you know dr shadi mufti and myself and you know i'll be i'll be narrating some of those stories so next week i'm saying this live so that mufti and i can commit to making sure that we hit these timelines so next thursday it will be released inshallah inshallah. next thursday (laughs) 
Next, yeah, sorry, not next Thursday. Next, next, a, week, uh, a week after this one. Yeah, a week after this one. Sorry, yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, we'll be recording next week. So a week after this one, we'll release the first episode of the Stories of the Oliya. Um, so look forward to that and, and keep a lookout for that, inshallah. Thank you so much, Mufti Niaz. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for all your time, Mufti Niaz. All right. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Subhanallah, bihamdihi, subhanakallahumma, bihamdika, shadu wa la ilaha illa anta, astaghfiruhu wa atubu ilaika.